0: Founder and Managing Director of the PR Hub host Influence Unlocked podcast. She's also the Founder and Managing Director of the PR Hub, a PR firm, and strategic relations agency for entrepreneurs, business leaders and high growth disruptive brands. As the host of Influence Unlocked podcast, she has influenced lots of people. She's influenced me to bring her back on the show today because this is not her first podcast or her first rodeo. She's been a guest in the past and the show itself is ranked by Apple in the top 10 business podcasts in Australia in 2020. Samantha brings over 15 years' experience of working with founders to help them unlock the value behind their personal brand in order to build awareness, credibility and trust that catapults both them and their companies into the spotlight. She's featured twice as a finalist in the b and Women in Media Awards, as a finalist in the 2019 Sydney Entrepreneur of the Year and has successfully completed her AICD course, which is no mean feat, having done that many years ago myself. This is obviously not the first time I've had her on the show, but today we are not talking about PR, but the politics of influence. And I warmly welcome you back into the podcast room.
1: Samantha. Amber, um, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for having me back. I'm excited. Absolutely. Um, So look, a few
0: years ago, we had you speaking about the politics of PR, and it was a fantastic episode. But since then, you have become a fellow podcaster, and you have your successful and popular show, which I have mentioned. Why was it that angle that really you know, was the one for you to run a show on, and what have you learned about influence through it?
1: Mm, so, look, I think a good place to start is when I first uh, was considering the possibility of producing a podcast. And the inspiration for that was the people that we were working with every day at the PR hub. So our clients, we represent entrepreneurs, business leaders, CEOs, people who are doing amazing things with their businesses and in their careers. And often we would be getting requests to put them onto podcasts. And so it sort of dawned on me one day, I thought, hang on a second, we've got all this amazing talent, these great stories to tell, why don't we start our own? So uh, not knowing the level of work that was required in producing a podcast at that stage, um, I went, yep, we're gonna do it. Let's find out all about it. And you know, aside from that, I was terrified of hosting a podcast, of being on a podcast. So for me, it was also a personal challenge. And I guess in terms of the influence unlocked theme, it was very much about going beyond what we see in the media, beyond the press release, beyond the success, to actually understand what it takes to be a person in that position of influence and, you know, the challenges, the highs, the lows, all of that that goes into it because they're fascinating stories and and people love to hear that. Absolutely. So for some people influence will mean power,
0: others it means change. What does influence mean to you personally and why do you think it matters? Why is it such an important idea or concept? So in
1: just over a year, it's just been over a year since we launched the podcast, I would say we've interviewed or I've interviewed more than 20 people in various fields with influence. So be it business, media, sport, politics, hospitality, all trying to find out, you know, how they've navigated challenges and the responsibilities of having influence, of having a public profile. And for me to get to the bottom of that, I added a question, which is the last question in every show. The question is, what is your one tip for people with influence? And the reason I finish off with that is because there's actually so much to learn from these amazing people about, you know, what they think influence means. Is it power? Is it change? Is it something else? Um, And, you know, over time I've I've found that for a lot of them the answers are quite similar, which I think is really interesting. But, you know, influence is, is a place where you can do, you can have great positive change and you can have power, but how do you wield that power effectively or responsibly? So they're sort of some of the things that, that they talk about. And I think very much what I've learned from all of these, these people on the podcast is that, you know, influence, you have a responsibility to live out your purpose and live out your values and use your influence to influence others in a positive way and a way that, you know, really holds true to what you believe. That's a really
0: great summary, and I I love how that you do put it to other people because that's what I love about my show. I must admit, I get to ask you these questions, but I also learn so much along the way. And sometimes it feels like I'm getting, like, you know, a really fabulous business, meet psychology, educational experience, all in one show. But I know that influential people, obviously, um, you know, can go either way. So you know, it can be used for good or for evil or something in between. And I sort of use extreme examples of, you know, a humanitarian like a mother Teresa versus a despot such as a dictator where have you seen influence go from one way to another have you sort of witnessed that as perhaps someone becomes more famous or you know cares a little bit less about the things that made them has there been times you've influenced you've watched that influence shift and and kind of what's that sort of showing you about the idea of influence
1: I wrote an article actually about this topic a little, about a month ago, earlier this year. So it was just after the storming of Capitol Hill in the United States. And, you know, I think a lot of people would be aware of the media that talked about Donald Trump and, you know, what was his impact or, you know, influence on that particular event. And, you know, that to me, and I wrote about this, was a case of somebody with an enormous amount of power. Some would say, you know, the most influential person in the world, wielding their influence um, irresponsibly and you know then we saw the fallout from that so I, I guess that's a, a- quite a commonly known example. That's a good one to refer to. I think a lot of people saw that. And even if you perhaps were, you
0: know, in terms of your political beliefs, more a Trump supporter, it'd be hard to watch that and not feel like that's gone too far.
1: Yeah, look, I mean, he, you know, obviously he was very prolific on Twitter until until he was not able to do that anymore. That was his platform of choice. But I guess that, that for me personally is an example of somebody who has an enormous amount of influence and power not using that in the best way. As, you know, something closer to home, and again, I mentioned this in the article, was for me, you know, I live in Sydney, in New South Wales, and watching our Premier, Gladys Berejiklian, and how she's managed, I guess, you know, the recent, the COVID outbreaks over the Christmas period, but also just from where it started to where it is now, you know, and there's been a lot of, there's a lot of confusion and fear, particularly in that Christmas period, and the lines of communication were always very consistent and clear and open and to the point. You know, she showed up every day, she delayed her own holidays. Of course, not everybody agreed with exactly everything that that she and her government did or how they handled it or what they said. That's the nature of life. But for me, you know, she faced criticism and she didn't respond in a reactive or defensive way. But, it, you know, it came across more as being, you know, and analysing the situation, considering her response, you know, we can see that, that, you know, in general, there is a lot of support for how, you know, how she's played that out and also how New South Wales have played out the COVID outbreaks and the management of COVID. So for me, that's a complete opposite of, you know, somebody like Donald Trump and how he operated. During his term. So, yeah, sort of two different, I guess, recently well known.
0: And I love the fact that both political examples and someone <laughs> who loves politics, they're good. And I suppose there's lots of business examples you could you could possibly draw upon. But I really love to ask you, you know, the idea of influence, I mean, there's a people that are high profile that you've just mentioned, but is achieving a position of influence something that is just reserved for those few special people that maybe have a great media profile or positions of power, such as a president or a premier, or can other people exert influence in their community in other ways and maybe not not be known or was that impossible just influence and impact and profile all go hand in hand
1: i truly believe that we all have a responsibility or all have a play a part to play when it comes to influence social media certainly opened that up for everybody in the community so whereas you could only broadcast on TV, radio, print magazines, whatever the case it was, that was limited to people who had access. Now we have access to social media and anybody can use social media as a platform to express their opinions and thoughts, which to me is influence. So it's not impossible. It's certainly not reserved to people who get to a certain celebrity status or you know, position in the community. And I, and I think there's, there's such beauty in that because as you mentioned, like great things can happen at a community level or a you know, not-for-profit or charitable level where they don't have to be people who we just perceive in the traditional sense as being influencers.
0: An interesting twist on the word influence is influences. And I know you and I work in that media branding space. And the term influencer didn't even exist perhaps 10 years ago. They might have been celebrity brand ambassadors or a different name. But what is the role of these influencers in achieving sort of brand influence? So this is more your business head coming into play here. Is it essentially an industry that needs to grow or can we see brands achieving influence without that kind of micro-influencer, micro-famous face or someone that's well-known being attached to them, particularly in social media where I guess influencers play the most?
1: Yeah, so when I get asked this question, I always go back in time to my first job, my first real job while I was at university. And that was with an an Aussie hair removal brand called NADS. Oh, I know that. I think we talked about this last time. They were one
0: of the first people I interviewed as a business journalist when they were starting that business. So there you go. Two worlds collide.
1: Look, that and, and it really does, I was, I was saying this to somebody over the weekend, you know, how, how your career or how your life somehow has all these connecting dots and what you might be doing at one stage and you have no idea why or how that's going to play out later on. But really, my, my career really has gone full circle. And so the, the example of NADS is that that story was built around a mother's love for her daughter, And the face of that brand was very much, you know, the mother who created that brand, Sue Ismail, and her daughter, Natalie. And so from, you know, very early on in my career, I saw the power of what having a profile or a face, a person behind a brand can do to help it resonate with a larger audience. That's not to say that. You know, everybody needs to use influencers because, again, the, the definition of influence and influence is very broad. And back then, as you said, Amber, nobody was talking about influencers. But it's this word of influence, I guess. And, and for, you know, for the business that I run now, the PR Hub, it is very much about leveraging a founder's or a CEO's or business leader's profile and expertise and using that as a platform to then showcase the businesses that they're working in. So it's a, you know, it's, a, it's a fascinating space. I think every brand needs a spokesperson, but every brand is different. So I would never say you know, that there's a, a stock standard response for how or to what level you should be using a person. But I think you know, people buy from people. So if you can have somebody who has a true, authentic, genuine story alongside that, that particular product or service, I think it's going to resonate with a far greater audience than if you're just trying to sell a product or service on its own.
0: Absolutely. And I guess the industry was also shifting. I mean, obviously, there's been a few questions about the value of influencers, particularly as budgets have got tighter with lots of companies struggling during the pandemic and, and so forth and looking at where they spend their money. And I didn't I wasn't even aware there was a micro-influencer market until recently with, when one of my former clients has actually um, embraced some ambassadors, which are not known to us, but are really key to their audience. So they're athletes that have had some sort of um, setback or disability um, impact in their life. And so they're not necessarily household names and they're not necessarily going to make it to the Olympics, but they've really gone with that. And it's so authentic to their brand that I thought, wow, that's not just clever, but it's actually really authentic. And I think sometimes people, we're so savvy now that You know, being able to just sort of say, oh, you know, this person's attached to a brand, it doesn't work the same way as it might have in sort of the the, the 80s, 90s and the early millennia period where you'd have a celebrity who just was being paid to put their face and name to something.
1: Yeah, I think, I mean, consumers are a lot more savvy these days and it doesn't have to be, you know, we have learnt that in recent years that it doesn't have to be a macro, what we call a macro influencer, who, you know, is using your product, but somebody that actually looks like they love and enjoy the product And, yeah, people are going to resonate with that because it's like, oh, they're a bit like me or, you know, I want to be like that. So, yeah, it's, it's a fascinating shift.
0: Absolutely. So, what kinds of influence do you strive to have for your PR clients and also for your team? So, I guess it's a two-part question. You know, there's the idea that you obviously, you, you represent your clients, You're, if, as you mentioned, lots of them have influence and you're trying to put them out there into the media and the other spaces where people are actually understanding who they are, and what they stand for and raising, I guess, their profile as well as building and helping build their business really. But also with your team is there a way in which you operate where you use your own influence and your own expertise to really help build that team
1: yeah, I think that that word expertise is very much where a place where we would start. So everybody is a little bit different, but it's very much about you know what is the expertise of that particular client, or you know, you know, what's my expertise in my team, and building that out. Because again, I think it comes back to those pillars of being genuine and authentic, and people, whether it's journalists or whether it's just the general public, being able to understand what the connection is between that particular spokesperson or influencer or, or you know brand ambassador and whatever they're talking about or selling. And so with our clients it's very much about looking at the category, the industry that they're in, their experience to date, obviously where they want to take it in terms of their own personal profile and then deciding what what that might look like from an influence perspective. So yeah, it's it's very much independent to each client because some clients will want to have more of a presence in the media than others, which is absolutely fine. Which is interesting when you run a PR firm, isn't it? Because, you know, I think that goes hand in hand, but perhaps it doesn't. Yeah, look, I I mean, I have to say I've never trained in PR and I don't have a background in PR. So, the business that I've built, sort of, you know, it's built on what I've learned over the years through marketing and running businesses and, and sales. And for me, again, coming back to that example of nuds, no, very much understanding that people do resonate, like they buy from people, people love to hear other people's stories, they love to hear about their expertise or the challenges, or you know, when things didn't go so well, and how they turned it around to get to where they are. So it's very much sort of the business that we've built and the premise of all the work that we do but there's always a level of you know it doesn't have to be profile 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 it could be just sometimes somebody's a spokesperson but making sure that if we're trying to position them as somebody with expertise and with influence that it's believable and that it's relatable absolutely and with your team obviously
0: you've built an amazing business and you've got staff around you how do you use your influence to maybe mentor them or guide them or even sort of collaborate with them in the business
1: um, so one of the things that I love the most about seeing the business grow is actually that opportunity to mentor and that opportunity to sort of help shape people, not you know, not tell them exactly what to do. But, you know, I think about myself going back to when I first started and some of the great mentors that I've had and how much of a difference they made in my career. And to think that now that I can use that position of, you know, being a business owner with a team that's growing and with people who are really, you know, they're great. You can see the potential. And to me, like that is so exciting to be able to work with some people that have really want to do well in their careers, love what they're doing and are just looking for some guidance. I mean, it does make me sound a little bit old, but at the same time, you know that's that is one of the wise, <laughs> I'd say, Samantha. Wise, not old. Oh, um, it's really it's it's one of the joys of of growing a business. It really is 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 to create a team. And you know, I never realised that that's what I would love about growing a business. But as the team has grown, and you know, we've grown quite a bit in the past six months. To see, you know, to see that happening and to be in that position, to me that, you know, it's a a position of influence, yes, but it's also a position that carries great responsibility. And again, like I said before, it's how do you wield that position of influence in a, you know, responsible and positive way. So, if you could
0: have one song, a book, or a screen show, and that could be a film or a series that always makes your heart skip a beat, it first comes to mind. Some people don't like the skip a beat piece because they <laughs> find that a little bit
1: too too heart centric. What would you choose, and why? What does that mean to you? Oh, I, oh, I had two songs actually, and I was oh, you can have two. Go on. <laughs> they're, they're very they're very different <laughs> extremes. Um, so the first one is, and this sounds quite strange, but it's actually the Ukrainian national anthem. So my family are from ukraine uh both sides of my family and i'm second generation australian and if you listen to you know it does sound weird, but but when it's sung in in ukrainian and and you listen to the melody and and the lyrics it's just a tear wells up in my eyes every single time and you know i have been to ukraine i, you know, I haven't lived there but i've been there a few times but there's just something about it that evokes like such emotion and you know i think about my grandparents and, and what they did when they came to australia just it sounds a bit crazy but that's definitely the song. No, it sounds
0: really meaningful and it, it makes sense. And I have to say, no one's ever given that as an answer a national anthem. <laughs> so there you go. There's a first for you.
1: Oh, I, yeah, I thought so. My other one was like complete other end of the spectrum, a dance dance music song from 10 years ago. So <laughs> I don't know what that Are you going to tell us what it is? Oh, sure. It's it's very different to that one. So it's actually a song by the Freemasons and it's called Rain Down Love. So very different. Excellent. Um, but, yeah, they would be the two songs. Great. So as we wrap up
0: today, what would be your overarching message or messages for anyone who's facing the politics of influence?
1: So a couple things. The first thing would be to stay strong to your values and hold yourself accountable. So if you're in a position of influence to think about what, like, you know, what does that mean? Who are you influencing? But also what's important to you? And then how do you express it? How do you use that? Um, and hold yourself accountable is, you know, it's something that I think we should do in life. But really, you know, when you're in that position, do you look back and go, well, I use my influence for good. You know, I can stand there and say, you know, what I did was was great and, and it's it's affected positive change. I think the other thing is, it's sort of, you know, going back to that example of Gladys Berejiklian is to show up and to actually be visible. Because if you're in a position of influence and people recognise and, and expect that from you, then you've got to show up when it's good times and you've got to show up when it's bad times and you've got to be you know show up and, and also you know make decisions and make considered decisions and analyze the situation but not shy away from it because that's the position that you're in
0: that's fantastic advice and um, look i don't usually provide other people's podcasts on my podcast but you have to listen to influence unlocked and i'll have some details of that and how to contact samantha on my show notes you have been listening to the politics of everything until next time keep well Thanks so much for listening today. If you've enjoyed The Politics of Everything, I thrive on your feedback. So please add a short review and share the podcast with your network through Apple, Spotify and all the usual suspects. I'm always on the hunt for new and diverse guests. So if you or someone you know has a fresh idea you're busting to get out there, please email me at amber at amberdanes.com and my crew will get back to you very soon.